Hello and welcome to another episode of The Clever Kids. This is a weekly podcast where three brothers take a look at a topic from popular culture that you may or may not care about. I'm Tyler. I'm Brian. And I'm, and I'm Jeff. <laughs> and I'm We'll get Jeff. better at that. And um, I'm Ron Burgundy. And I'm yeah. Tits McGee. Yeah. Ron Burgundy? <laughs> um... <laughs> All right. Well, just to get into it, letting you guys all know what we're going to be talking about. It is, of course, uh, time to discuss the DC's latest offering, The Batman, uh, directed by Matt Reeves, starring Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, um, Paul Dano, Jeffrey Wright. Trying to think how many people I could name off the top of my head without looking. That guy who was in the Green Lantern movie who got a big head that one time. The, bat, the main villain, the guy who plays Parallax in Green Lantern. Yeah, who is he in this he's film? Gil Coulson. He's the uh, DA. And anyway, doesn't matter. Um, just a really good cast. Andy Serkis is in this as well. Wait a minute, wait a minute. The guy that's like the yellow-powered Green Lantern dude? That's no, that's Sinestro. Sinestro. But he wasn't He wasn't even the main villain of the Green Lantern movie, but continue. He, what? Sinestro is not the one I'm talking about. That's Mark Strong. Sinestro, yeah, wasn't even... like he was he barely I'm talking the about villain. the guy playing How, Parallax. What are you talking about? I'm talking about Green Lantern with Ryan Reynolds, where he didn't even have a superhero suit. It was yeah. like CGI. What does that have to do with anything? Parallax, Jeff. No, I'm just making sure we're talking about the right movie. Yeah. What? Sinestro is the bad guy. How did Sinestro? What? What makes you think Sinestro is the bad guy? We're going way off topic really early. What? At what point did Sinestro? He's a bad guy in that, right? No. Sinestro becomes a bad guy eventually. He's oh, like, maybe you he's... told me about that later about the comics. Yeah, but in the movie, he's not a bad yeah, guy. Yeah, you see him um, take the well, yellow lantern. Spoilers. Ring. Spoilers. Sorry. That movie's 10 years old and is not getting a remake. Uh, Although Zack Snyder did say that he wanted Ryan Reynolds to be his Green Lantern in his in his DC universe. No, it would be he incredibly said he, annoying. He, was, he, wanted, he wanted to throw in Jon Stewart, but DC said no because they had plans for the character. So he they said he wanted Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds to play his Hal Jordan if he did one. No, he said he was going to have Jon Stewart. Look it up. He did. Yeah, he was. Okay. Anyway, we're talking about no, the he Batman. He said he was going to have a, a Peter Parker Green Lantern. That's what I heard. <laughs> oh. Look it up. Look it up. Guy, Guy Gardner, Kyle Rayner. Look it up. Uh, anyway, um, Simon Baz. Yeah, we're we're talking about Batman, not Green Lantern today. Um, yeah, I mean, we're just gonna talk about spoilers pretty much immediately. But as we always do, whenever a new movie comes out, we're just gonna go around the horn and just say if we like the movie and if we think people should go see it. I'm gonna start with Jeffrey. Um, yeah, uh, non-spoilers. I'm going to repeat that for Brian, non-spoilers. Uh, I definitely think that it was probably the most fun that I've had watching a Batman film, maybe ever. Um, as far as just pacing, cinematography, like this whole film comes together really, really well. Really well acted. The choreography is up there. Uh, they take some liberties here and there, but definitely a lot of fun is, is my takeaway. Go watch it. Cool. Brian, what are your non-spoiler uh, thoughts? Yeah, so the part where Batman dies is obviously <laughs> gut-wrenching. Uh, no. Um, I thought it was really good. Uh, it, definitely a little long, but uh, you know, overall a um, good addition to the Batman... Can I call it the Batman franchise if they're all unrelated movies? That's fine. Yep. The Batman... Character? Uh, the history of Batman. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, um, I 
I liked the movie. I thought it was a good movie. Um, I, ha- I definitely have some some like thoughts on it and issues that maybe I have with it. Nothing is like so glaring that it's like just like not like Wonder Woman 1984 that was like you know I had a lot of issues with the pacing and stuff like that. Nothing even close to that. I just think that this is a this is a very solid first outing in this version of Batman and I'm excited to see what they do with this character going forward Um, that being said it wasn't perfect in any way Um, but yeah I I highly recommend people go see it but holy shit is two hours and 50 minutes long like pacing wise this movie keeps you gripped the whole time it never feels like it's too slow but there are definitely parts that I feel like they could have cut. Um, like, just scenes that could have been edited down and you get a couple seconds back here and there. Three hours is such a long movie. I've said multiple times, if you can't tell a movie in 90 minutes to two hours, then you you're, the story is too long and needs to be trimmed uh, as far as a movie goes. And uh, I'll, I will stand by that. I'm not going to stand back just because it's Batman. Um, but yeah. I do highly recommend it. All right. Full spoilers going forward. If you have not seen The Batman yet and are for some reason listening to podcasts about it but don't want to be spoiler, spo, spo, spoiled. Spoiled? Spoiled. Yeah. I, I can't wait for there to be a Batman movie where uh, the spoiler is in it, which is a character from Batman yeah. from before spoilers was a thing. And then I can say, spoiler warning, the spoilers in this movie. Wouldn't that be cool? That's uh, Spoilers about spoiler. That's what you'll say. Stephanie something. Stephanie Brown. Brown, there it is. Tim Drake's girlfriend. Yep. Um, anyway, spoilers from here going out, uh, going on to the rest of the episode and probably into future episodes, knowing how we talk about movies. It will be spoiled in the next time next episode for sure without a spoiler warning so just see it before you listen to any further episodes um cool anything right off the top that we want to discuss jeff you said you had copious notes here Um, do do you want to kind of help guide the conversation with notes? sure um so i mean for, for my take the opening of the film there's a couple different uh instant references to a couple different iconic films so it immediate entrance you get footage of gotham as you know this crime riddled city that's in despair and you see all these and you get batman's gritty narration straight over the top of it i mean there is no way that someone can watch this film and not think rorschach yeah i was in in, immediately i was like holy shit they're starting with rorschach's log that's pretty pretty but but you don't see the batman like it's just like he keeps talking like you're basically seeing like three or four different crimes unfold with all these different people that are jumpy while committing these crimes because they're afraid of the batman could be hiding in the shadows and then it reveals which crime batman is actually at and the intro of the batman is straight out of quentin tarantino's uh inglorious bastards where you get a long dark hallway Hmm. with a group of people looking into that hallway and a rhythmic sound of, you know, what what we can recognize as footsteps before the Batman is actually revealed. Like, one, how fucking long is that hallway? Because it's weird, but I don't he know. He was just walking in place in the darkness. So he, <laughs> he's just like stopping actually, his foot. It's just, actually not even really a hallway. It's just kind of like a dead end. And he's just sitting in the darkness, tapping the wall. 
And like, oh, I got the impression that it was like a staircase leading up to a landing. You know, like in like major cities, train stations have like right, they're like above. You know what I mean? So, so what did um, you guys think of the entrance and that opening fight scene? So, in this opening scene, I uh, don't worry, Brian. I'll field this one. Um, in this in this opening scene, I think that what they're showing is they're they're letting you know that it's year two of Batman. Right, the origins already happened. He's already has some sort of existence on the street. Criminals are aware of him. And when that light is on in the sky, they know he's somewhere in the city in the shadows and it scares them into not doing the crimes that they're doing. They think twice about what they're doing because he might be there. Right. And so I liked that they were showing, you know, these people doing these things and then seeing the light and being like, oh, fuck, he's out. Like, and then looking over and seeing a shadow and being like, is he here? Is that him? You know? And yeah. And then obviously we knew which one he was going to be at because we've all seen the trailer, but it, uh, I thought it was a really effective way of showing that like, he's having an effect, right? Like he is having an effect on the city. Um, I did not pick up on the Quentin Tarantino, uh, reference there. I don't disagree with you. Um, although I will say, as is a common uh, issue I have with Quentin Tarantino, he ju- directly lifts moments from other movies all the time. So I, I would say, that be, can't be the first time that trope has been used. Yeah, I would be very surprised if that's the first time. Like I bet Quentin Tarantino is referencing like crime, like uh, sorry, uh, like a Clint Eastwood movie or something like that. Um, Maybe, but yeah. Um, cause I got, I definitely got like a cowboy walking with spurs on vibe in that moment. Cause you hear like the metal clink when he's taking his steps and it's kind of a slow, did you guys hear the, uh, yeah. Uh, you know no, what I did kidding. real quickly though? Did you guys pick up on an interior in, uh, the Imperial March, like the Darth Vader theme, um, at all in the soundtrack? Okay. The score has like a very, like a very specific chord progression, that is very very reminiscent of uh darth the imperial march um from star wars i just uh i haven't heard anyone else mention it i just i picked up on it because you know my ear is just so musically in tune but whatever um anyway brian did you have thoughts on that that opening yeah 100 percent agree i thought it was really cool to see them dive in right off the bat on like basically it was almost like explaining why Batman operates at night. Like that to me, like, you know, one makes it possible for a normal human being to pull off the things that he pulls off. And two, it's because it's more than just him kicking ass. It's that they're afraid he's lurking in the next corner. And I thought that was really cool to show his fear factor having an effect. Cause I, I can't think of another Batman where we really get that. Um, but I could be forgetting a scene or something, but I thought that was really cool. I kind of wish that they had, done more of that because i was i was digging that i also really liked in that first fight scene uh, i was watching very closely because i feel like in the christopher nolan batmans he moves like too slow and there's times where i'm like i could probably i i just feel like on a normal watch i could probably pause it and be like why isn't that guy punching him in the back of the head while he's engaging with the guy in front like there's moments where the fighting is a little less than like believable and this felt believable to me you could see him throwing a punch and then immediately getting hit in the back and i was just like it's it's not so much that he's like yes he's more technically sound or he's a better fighter than the guys he's fighting but when there's like eight dudes that he's fighting it's really just him overcoming based on his like pure like uh, 
hate and anger of for like, sure. He's criminals taking so many hits in this movie. Yes, this dude and I takes like a fucking beating throughout yes, this movie. And what I liked about it is that he takes the beating and keeps getting up because yeah. Batman's. I mean, in in a lot of comics, he ends up being portrayed as like sort of a ninja character, like who just like can't be beat. He's the best. He's like the ultimate, like the pinnacle of fighting. And I do like that version of Batman, like Ben Affleck's Batman, right? But I like that version of Batman if he's been doing it for thirty fucking years or something. You know what I mean? Right. Year two, this version of Batman sense. is year two. He's making mistakes. He's rushing headlong into a fight that he might not necessarily be prepared for because he's not afraid and he takes some hits and then he learns from that. And that we do see that it, we see that this character learning to be Batman through right. this film, specifically in the, his, the way that he enters the iceberg lounge in the three times that he enters it, he's learning how to get things done in a different way than he's been doing things. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so I, I liked that, that we're seeing that progression and it's one of the reasons I'm willing to forgive a lot of the issues I have with this movie is because they show us a Batman who's learning and it's like, okay, now have right. some issues with this portrayal of yeah. Batman, but maybe he's just not at the point where I want him to be. He hasn't yet. perfected his operation yet. For right. Sure. Exactly. Now I do want to call out something that I thought was very strange because I did recognize this. Neither of you guys watched it, but, uh, DC um, has a TV show that goes on HBO called uh, Titans. And in season three of Titans, they introduced an actor to play Timothy Drake, who is a popular Robin character. And the Mm -hmm. actor that they used to play him is the same actor that is the young thug that is um, tasked with assaulting that man. He's the one with half his face painted that ends up running away from Batman. Mm -hmm. That's the same actor that I was like, why would they cast that same character when he's already associated with a DC character? Right, so he got cast in this before he got cast in Titans, and this is such a small role, and half of his face is painted. But let's be honest, Alfre Woodard got cast to be in a bit scene in uh, Age of Ultron, and then got cast as Black Mamba in uh, in sorry, not Black Mamba. What she plays a character in Luke Cage. I can't remember she. Is the same woman is in both of those things, and she's playing two yeah. separate characters. Talking, yeah, she was. So it she was happens. Supposed to be- yeah happens all the time these kinds of things it's just like oh she got cast as this little part but then we got we cast we actually thought she's too good of an actress for that we can't we cast her in like a way bigger role sure same thing happened here right so it just happens i mean dude it's nothing more egregious than aaron taylor johnson being craven the hunter in in like a spider-man it's completely different yeah but it's still tied to the marvel stuff like that i can't believe it it's sony it is we just uh, saw spider-man enter it's a different fucking group of directors it's not like it's not like the multiverse exists and he's in the multiverse as both of them wait 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 didn't Tom and Baratheon, like the actor, die in an earlier season as a more nameless character and then become king as a different character? I don't think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the actor for Tom and Baratheon dies in one of the first seasons as like a side character and then <laughs> dies again by eating himself off a building. Oh, so, wait, really? Yeah, I think he dies twice Yo, on that show that, as different characters. That yeet was one of the most like <laughs> the wildest moments I've ever seen in yeah, TV dude. history. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're not talking about Game of Thrones. Okay, yeah, anyway. was that a twist? So, so <laughs> talking about this Batman and and um, Battinson can compared to the rest of the uh, actors that have played the role, I will say I saw more emotion played with the Batman suit on in this film than I saw anything. Just that lingering shot of him staring at the young orphaned boy um, 
you saw emotion in this portrayal, huh? Because I only saw anger or like just like you could literally see him start to tear up when he's looking at the young orphan when he's wearing the full yeah. It's I was like that's palpable. Um, okay, I don't know about that, but maybe it's it was it was palpable for me. I was looking for it and I saw much more emotion than I thought Christian Bale ever portrayed uh, wearing sure. the suit. Sure. I mean, it's it's hard to portray a lot of emotion while wearing the suit. Definitely. I mean, it's also a lot easier for them to portray Batman being emotional when Bruce Wayne is not in the movie because <laughs> he's Bruce Wayne in maybe three minutes out of this two or three hour movie. Sure, but sh- tell us, tell us who did a better Bruce Wayne. How much, how much has Bruce Wayne actually been featured in any Sorry, of the previous is Batman Bruce movies? Bruce Wayne. He, everybody has done a better Bruce Wayne. Ben Affleck did a better Bruce Wayne in one movie. What are you talking about? What role did he play as Bruce Wayne? What are you talking about? The conversation with with uh, Clark Kent at the in Batman v Superman. They have one night at a little. Doesn't matter. It's way better than what we get in the Bruce Wayne in this. He's not even Bruce Wayne in this. Doesn't know how isn't a, a character. He's just like a. So my main issue with this version of Batman slash Bruce Wayne is that he is a depressed, just a depressed man on the verge of a mental breakdown in a bat costume. Like we don't get really anything other than just like a very, very, very angry person. I, I, I want my Bruce Wayne. I want to see that my Bruce Wayne is intelligent. Like I get that he's maladjusted. I get that he's angry. I get that he doesn't know how to like, exist in the world and i i like the idea that at the end of the movie when he says i need to be more than just vengeance i need to be hope or whatever that like that means that he's going to be like well how do i inspire hope i can do that i can maybe inspire more hope outside of the costume maybe i can try to be bruce wayne and then realize that the city needs both or something you don't think sure. he saw, uh, showed his intelligence by solving the riddles like yep. the whole riddle for thing sure like... but i solved every single riddle that happened in this movie at the same like as like none of the riddles were difficult right like i didn't think any a single the only ones that were a little bit difficult were the ones that i needed further explanation for of the city you know what i mean like the the rat with wings thing right fine i get that but all the other riddles that are just base riddles i figured out just fine that's not intelligence the parts that were intelligent is when he started thinking of the cipher in different ways than you know you would typically think of a cipher or um when he saw that the finger had been cut off while the guy was still alive because he knew of the medical condition of how the the skin had healed or whatever required the heart to be going those kinds of things i get that that's all nice intelligence i guess i just wanted i wanted more for i don't like batman to just be batman i need there to be like a bruce wayne personality inside the bat suit you know what i mean and i think that we will get that in the future that's just one of my main frustrations about the depiction of the characters that bruce wayne was almost non-existent i can't name a significant subplot in a batman film that involved bruce wayne without involving a love interest um well i just watched every single batman movie last week after after we talked about them i went through and watched all of them and i can tell you that yeah that that may be true i mean they're the first batman begins of the the first christopher nolan movie he's bruce wayne for most of the movie you know talking to to lucius fox um talking to Ra's al ghul or Ra's al ghul as i like to call him 
um, he is Bruce Wayne and he is a person who's kind of figuring things out. And he even like as Bruce Wayne, he's learning how to kind of deceive the world because got to be honest, it wouldn't take a lot for me to piece two and two together that this weird, creepy billionaire who just kind of skulks about public locations and this weird, creepy guy skulking around the nights dressed as a bat are the same person. You sure. know what I mean? Like he, Bruce Wayne would for sure be the first person I would point at if this was happening because he's fucking crazy weird guy yeah. just like he alone in a tower like in the two, middle of the city to the, to the funeral with like two black eyes it's like yeah okay you could have been getting the shit kicked out of you um, right yeah i mean or he just like and he just looks like he hasn't showered in a month his hair is like a fucking nightmare super long and grown out and just it's just like this guy is got some he I, looks like he's either gonna kill himself or someone I when think, he's in and out of the bat suit, and that's not necessarily what Batman is supposed to be. Look, and I agree. I, I think that like comics, if you look at the subplots of Bruce Wayne evolving in the comics, he does things. He actually accomplishes things, and is and is trying to save the city as a philanthropist as much as he is a vigilante crime fighter. And Batman we, returns. He's blocking Max Shrek, Christopher Walken's character, from uh, establishing a like a a nuclear energy plant in this inside the city limits of Gotham because he thinks that Max Shrek is not in it for uh, conservation of energy, but in it to just make money. And he just disagrees with that. So he blocks it from happening. That's a significant subplot in that movie. It's the reason that it's the impetus for Max Shrek trying to get Penguin elected mayor because Bruce Wayne is friends with the current mayor. Right. And so he needs to go around him. Like there are plots in the movies that involve Bruce Wayne. They may be smaller plots than like the overarching narrative of the stories, this version of Bruce Wayne is almost non-existent, and I get that it's year two. He hasn't really perfected that that mask because, right? They talk about how what your the bat suit isn't his mask. They talk about it in this movie. Robin or um, Riddler, Riddler says it to him. He's like, "Well, that's not your mask. Your real face is your mask. Like this is who you are." It's constant conversation with Batman for sure, but I think that. You need to show Bruce Wayne as the mask. We need to see it as a performance. We need to know that that's not really him. I'm sure we'll get that eventually. I know Matt Reeves is gonna like yeah. this is a this is I'm not the only person saying this. I've I've seen this all over the internet so far. So anyway, I agree. Sorry. I mean, I, I think that there's room for improvement, and that its absence here did yeah. did nothing to diminish the film in my eyes. Well, uh, that, I think you're right because they have an opportunity to establish him later, and then you could, would reflect back on this and be like, okay, that was the movie where they established his Batman exactly. as his new thing that he's only been doing for a short while, and then we got to dive in on Bruce later on. Yeah. So I, I think we're just kind of debating something that hasn't happened so, yet. Sure. Uh, let's move on. Um, some of the stuff that I really appreciated, there's a lot of little things in this film. Like, for example, after the initial fight scene, you get like an overwhelming soundtrack of, you know, the theme of the film, which is uh, Nirvana's Something in the Way. way. And there was a point where it cuts to Bruce Wayne in the uh, Batcave and he's literally listening to the song and he turns down the music. And I really love it. goes from diegetic to non-diegetic sound or not sorry from non-diegetic to diegetic sound and i love when they make that transition when they incorporate the music and into like have a realistic approach to the film yeah but does that mean that every time we hear that song that bruce wayne's listening to it because that song plays like five times throughout the movie (laughs) i listen to a lot of songs on repeat so i can relate i hope so do i i just think it's funny that he would choose a song Um, from 1993 as his soundtrack sure Um, um, yeah, so there's a couple other things I mentioned in this film that this is probably the most fun I've had watching a Batman film. There's a lot of humor in this film without ever telling a single joke. 
Like there's a point when he first invades the iceberg lounge um, and he has uh, something he wants to, he has like a, a weapon and the other guy's got a gun. And the other guy's like, I'm going to fucking shoot you if you move. And he thinks about it for a second, and he just fucking throws it anyway, knowing that he's going to get shot. Like, he hesitates for just a moment and throws it anyway, just, like, so reckless, so um, careless. I don't know. It, I cracked up. I thought it was yeah. so, like, they did There's also just... the bit with the twins that every time they show up, they're more fucked up because yeah. <laughs> he just keeps beating the shit out of them, um, which is very funny. Uh, Brian, did you have any thoughts on the humor here? I, you know, I thought that those, uh, the twins, it was kind of funny to see them cause they're both in the leftovers, um, as just like high school friends of the main character's daughter. And they're just like these goofy little wiry twins that are just like comedic relief. And then in this one for them to be these, like trying to be these like badass bouncers at the gangsters club in Gotham, I was just kind of like. I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't believe that you guys are tough as nails. I've seen you as the dorky little high school friends. And they're like, hey, he wants to see the boss or whatever. And I'm like, man, Batman's about to like wipe his butt with you guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think. But yeah, I thought it was funny. Yeah, I didn't take away from the movie. I just thought it was funny because yep. I recognize those guys from a completely different role. I like the part where he like, you know, it's the morning after the opening scene and he walks out in Wayne tower and Alfred's working on the cipher and he's like, what are you doing? And like the sun hits his eyes and he puts on his sunglasses because he like is so used to operating at night that he doesn't, he like can't handle yeah. being in the light. Definitely know that when I was in my more uh, party centric lifestyle that I was in, in my twenties that I would have issues with sunlight as well. So I can uh, I can relate to that. Um, yeah, I, th- um, I definitely think that there was there was a good level of humor, um, but you know I, I I still feel like there could be like even in a Batman movie, there's room for jokes, there's room for humor, there's room for levity, and sure. I, I could this movie was so dark, I could have used a little bit more, but I still think you know again I don't want any of these negatives I'm saying to make it seem like I hated this movie. Liked it a lot, but there, you know, I do have notes. So, so the next point that I have here is probably my biggest plus for this film. So, this film, as at heart, at its heart, is a detective thriller. It's a mystery. Batman yeah. does not know what is going on, and it, it's revealed kind of throughout the film that like Batman doesn't actually know what's going on in his city. He he is just kind of stopping low level crime without really addressing you know the the source of it and it's it's really batman learning how to become batman and fight the greater crimes oh um, he's way in over his head in this yeah. movie like he's and, finding out that there is corruption like he right. wasn't even aware of that he's it's not like in the first movie where or in batman begins where we're seeing he like you know katie holmes drives him to the narrows and says look at this that's a judge and that's that's the right. lawyer and that's all the people and they're going into the gangster's bar or whatever and he goes into the bar and the guy's like you see all these powerful people i'd shoot you in the head and none of them would blink an eye and batman's like okay well then i have to be batman so that i can take down the corruption this version is like i'm just like really mad and want to punch strangers i punch criminals (laughs) in the face and yeah. I found out there's and bigger criminals. Yeah, and then he, the Riddler's like, no, no, no. But we're like, you punt, you're the physical one. I'm the mental one. We're, we're, we will clean up the city together. And then, like, you know, he thinks that he's working with Batman, yeah. which again, I liked this version of, of that dichotomy. There's always that dichotomy in Batman stories, which is 
is Batman the reason for the increase in the level of crime or the types of sure. crime? Like, are they only rising to are that level because to Batman right. went there first, right? And this version of the Riddler did. He saw Batman and was like, oh, you agree with me that there, there's too much corruption. Now, the Riddler's version of that is way wrong, right? Like, it's horrible. But then again, is Batman's much better? I mean, he just, he's, you know... You know, it's it's not great. <laughs> so that's, <what> he's doing. <laughs> so the point that I was making though is that this film, what's unique about this film compared to other superhero films, it, it is, is is that it almost has a centralized point of view. Like ninety percent of this this film is told from Batman's perspective. We follow Batman around and discover things as Batman discovers them, mm-hmm. right? Like if you compare this to you know other prominent Batman films like The Dark Knight. Half of the film, you're following the Joker around as he goes around and committing crimes. You're learning all of these things that Batman will never have known actually happened. Um, Whereas in this film, you see very little of the Riddler's point of view. You see most of it is Batman figuring things out, and you know only what Batman knows. Um, Yeah. And it's a very well crafted noir detective story for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I think that that was was very very important for the story that they tried to tell. Um. Um. Can I quickly just gra- wrangle hold and see how you guys felt about Paul Dano's performance as the Riddler in this movie? Sure. Brian, can we start with you? Um, I thought he was really good. I, To be honest with you, the lens I was looking through was I had hoped that they had, were going to do the Leo DiCaprio Riddler from or in the Chris Nolan um, trilogy. I I'd heard a rumor back then. I don't know if you guys remember it, but that they were thinking about going that route and I was like all excited about it and thinking about what he could do with the character and then we never got it so when I I didn't even know Riddler was the bad guy in this movie I, I kind of just went in completely blank minded for this one to, to try to just enjoy it for what it was and to see the Riddler popping up early I was I was getting excited and then I didn't know who it was and and then when it was Paul Dano I was like oh I recognize that guy um I, I thought he killed it I thought he did a really good job yeah, it was interesting to see like the Riddler played as like sort of like an autistic like orphan, you know what I mean, who like he clearly has some sort of developmental issues. He's ex- obviously clearly extremely intelligent, um but like has some sort of, you know, developmental issues. He you you can see like the way that he talks where he he does like these long drawn out vowel sounds of this like I don't believe that you don't believe me or whatever, you know, you know blah blah blah. Stuff like that. It's it. He has like all the hallmarks of someone who has some form of autism. Paul Dano has played characters like that in the past, specifically in a movie we talked about recently, in Night and Day. He plays a character with autism in that as well, who's again extremely intelligent. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's something to that with the characters that he chooses. Um, but yeah, Jeff, how did you feel about the performance or the portrayal of the Riddler? Yeah, definitely went with a uh, maliciously insane type, right? I mean, you just like half of the half of his line deliveries are him just breathing really heavy um, and yelling and through the mask, yeah, which is very and like creepy and muffled and scary. Really, he only has I think three scenes where he shows his face. Other than that, he's he's wearing a mask and you know just. I think it's really two, <laughs> like yeah, like yeah. Um, Three, if you count the the kind of diner scene towards scene? the end, yeah. All right, oh, I guess, yeah, one. diner scene scene at the end, and then the the interrogation. I don't know, but I was fine with it, right? I mean, it was an interesting take on it. We haven't really seen the, the Riddler on screen. Um, it made me kind of reflect on, on well, exactly Jim Carrey, but yeah, sure. Um, 
And there's a, a version of the Riddler in Gotham that I actually really liked in the first season. Uh, but go ahead. Um, yeah, I, I think that uh, I, I really liked this interpretation of it. It made me reflect on, you know, there's the same kind of rumor that, that Brian was talking about with the uh, Christopher Nolan doing the Riddler. And I don't know if I would have liked Christopher Nolan's impression simply because I feel like he kind of merged the Riddler and the Joker's character into one. I don't know about that, but I definitely do think that Christopher Nolan could have done an interesting Joker. I just, you know, we will never know, right? Because we never, there's no script. Sorry. Yeah. Riddler. Um, Because there's no script. There's no, you know, version of it, but I think that he could have pulled it out. I don't know if I would, if it would be Leo would be my first choice. I remember hearing that it was Johnny Depp um, that he was looking at, but I think that those are just rumors in like the early days of like, you know, internet, uh, movie rumors um yeah i thought it was interesting that they went with like a sort of zodiac version of the riddler right like he's 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 clearly based off of serial killers he is a serial killer in this movie um jeff did you ever read uh scott snyder and greg capullo's zero year during the new 52 run of batman I don't think this so. version of the riddler is very much uh reminiscent of that it is very clearly uh, an homage there's several homages to that run, to the new 52 run of this, uh, with this version of Batman, which I appreciated. Um, specifically, where the Batman doesn't solve all of Riddler's riddles, and the Riddler blows up the seawall and like floods the city, and uh, Batman has to like kind of work after that to kind of solve the to fix the problem after he fucked up because it's super early in his career and he you know he's not as good as he thought he was or as good as he thinks he is yeah um now quickly i just want to get out in front of this and ha- give us some time here um there was a sort of post credit scene that happened right before the credits that made me really upset <laughs> and i want to talk about it um we talked about it um previously i don't think we talked about this on pod but Barry, oh no, we definitely talked about it on podcast. Barry Keoghan, uh, Druig from the Eternals is in this movie. We knew he'd been cast, but he had been cast as all the casting announcements kind of said that he was going to be playing an unnamed Gotham police officer. And I remember saying to you guys, something's up. This guy is too up and coming and too recognizable and too talented that he got cast in like a very minor police officer role in this movie. That doesn't make sense what's going on um i then off pod told you guys that i was worried that they were going to cast him as the joker and at the end of this movie we found out that i was right my worries uh were is that pretty much who's in the cell you never get to see yeah. his face I... yes you do but yes i mean you see like oh, a little bit you, see his face? I mean, you, you see get to just see the side of his face a little bit he clearly has some sort of makeup on his yeah face. sorry i've never studied barry keoghan's side profile jeff they don't see his face you see his silhouette you see his face, but it's okay. You don't see his face. I watched the movie. You didn't see it. Uh, for the listener at home, please write in. Find Jeff on the street and tell him if we can see his face. Um, how do you guys feel? I mean, there. I almost. I, do you guys wonder if the studio told him, like, pick someone and introduce the Joker in here or something? I don't. I don't yeah, really understand. I, Why would they do it this way? Seriously, I, I don't. I don't really understand what they. What I mean, if it's Matt Reeves that's behind it, I don't understand what he thinks we need another joker interpretation for i i think that batman is an interesting character outside of the joker and we don't need a you know fourth interpretation no uh, i don't want, i don't want 
I don't want any more Joker movies, guys. I don't know. I mean, have I said this on the podcast? I think the Joker is one of the most boring Batman villains. Like, I don't understand why they just keep giving us Joker shit. Like, I don't care. Give me some. Like, there's so many more villains. Get, like, I know we're getting Firefly in the Batgirl movie, but like, give me Firefly. Give me Mr. Freeze. Give me Kurt Langstrom's Man Bat. Give me Clayface. Like, there's so many cool characters that are in the Batman universe that they could give us. Why do they keep fucking giving us the Joker? Like, I don't want... Yeah, I don't really want to see another Joker, I'll be honest with you. I it feel super... Play- We've gotten so many different ones in such a short amount of time that I just kind of, like, I don't want to c- compare Barry Keoghan to them. I want Barry Keoghan to get compared to Schwarzenegger. Have a nice day. Like, yeah. and, and, like, take even a similar storyline to that um, you know that Mr. Freeze role, and and just expand on it or do Run something with it, like yeah. slightly different with it. Like I think that it provided a lot of depth to the character, and you could do something fun. Like, yeah, Literally you're right. I don't give us see a live time. action version of Heart of Ice. Give us like that two part, like that exact. I'll, I'll give you something plot. better. Just give me, give, us give that. me that with the um Arkham, uh, Ass- no Arkham, no. What's the second Batman game? Arkham City. Arkham City with the Arkham City ending. Ryan, for you're, un, you're unversed in this, but at the end of Arkham City, um, Joker is uh, poisoned and is going to die. So he poisons Batman so that Batman will also die to force Batman to find a cure to cure both of them. And Batman shows up to give Joker the cure and they end up in a fight because Joker doesn't believe that Batman will give it to him willingly. And they fight to the death and Joker ends up spilling the cure and dying. Um because yeah. he was too insane to allow Batman so to save him. So I don't him. want a Joker movie. No, but no, okay. but give oh, me that ending. Give, that give me that ending to Mr. Freeze. That Batman tries to save Bat- Mr. Freeze's wife and Mr. Freeze can't accept that, you know, doesn't believe that he's actually going to, and like fights him, loses the fuck, goes insane, his wife dies, and oh my God, that'd be riveting. I would love to yeah. see it. Yeah, I mean, just give us, there's just so many characters in the Batman world that I just don't understand why you wouldn't, why you would just reuse the Joker. Like, right. I think that they're like Bat. One of the things about Batman that has made him a lasting character is his rogues gallery yep. is so deep, and they keep making good ones. Like even give us like Phantasm or something like that would be sick. Or give us the Deathstroke movie. <laughs> like yep. what the oh, fuck? God, I want that version of Deathstroke. Or give us an Arkham Asylum movie where yep. he Batman is Hugo fighting Strange. his way through Arkham. Oh my god! Yeah. Make art, make Hugo Strange a character yes. in it because Hugo right. Strange is an interesting. Back character. to the I film. I don't understand why the fuck we're getting Joker again. I agree. I'm so upset. I'm we can, so upset we can about tell. it. And All right. I really like Barry, whatever the fuck that Irish fuck's name is. <laughs> give give him like he deserves a better character or like uh, to be able because now no matter what that version of Joker is going to get compared to other versions of Joker yeah. and I think he deserves. To find something different in a character that hasn't been portrayed on screen. I agree. I think that giving Paul Dano the Riddler when all that we've seen before is Jim Carrey's crazy ass version of the Riddler um, was like a really good opportunity for Paul Dano to do something different. It's really hard to do something different with the Joker. So just give give us something else. I don't I agree. We all get it now. So, um, Brian, let me ask you this. Getting back on topic of the film. This is the first film that we've seen call into question the integrity of the Wayne lineage. What did you think of the whole Wayne connection? I thought it was kind of cool to get a little bit more depth there. I, um, I, I kind of liked also that they dirtied the family name a little bit. 
Um, I think for me, the past movies, I've never heard anything but like the yep. family being infallible, like white knights of Gotham. Yeah, they're like deified. And exactly. And then in this one, suddenly they were human beings and it was kind of nice because it was like, uh, you know, like in the, they gave Thomas Wayne good motive, you know, and they not well, like they I think they exonerated him a little bit because it was very clear that he did not ask for the guy to be killed. Right. And was willing to accept the consequences. That's the biggest thing for me. Like he may have made a mistake, but he was like, I'll go sit in prison for the crime that I've done. Right. They didn't ruin his character. They just made it human, in my opinion. And I think that was a good move because it was different than anything we've gotten in the past where Thomas Wayne and Martha are just these perfect billionaires that just could do no wrong and shit gold. And Tyler, um, let me ask you this. Can you... Think of a storyline in which they've ever dirtied the the Wayne name. Well, the Joker movie, um, mm-hmm. they make Thomas Wayne kind of a weird. Piece sure, of shit you don't. For, you don't get for mayor again. Right? You don't get a lot of confirmation on that. You get Joker's perspective on that He's from his kind punch, of insane like, mother. Beats the shit out of Arthur Fleck in a ba- public bathroom. <laughs> so <laughs> um, he's not. His hands are definitely not clean. Um, sure, he. Uh, um, there are a couple uh, storylines. The Gates of Gotham by Scott Snyder is like one of his first uh, in the Batman. Um, for you know, for me, the first um, time, and then Sorry, Court of Owls kind of approaches uh, dirtying the Wayne name because uh, the spoilers for a comic from two thousand five, but um, the main bad guy who ends up being the ultimate Talon, his name. He reveals that he is Thomas Wayne, uh, that he was a baby that was given up for adoption because Bruce couldn't handle being not being an only child. Um, and that so he lived in the orphanage under the grace of the Waynes. Um, it, it's revealed that he's like a psychopath, that that's not true. But it does call the Waynes like, you know, right. cleanliness and their image into question. And it makes you really wonder what what was Thomas Thomas and Martha not as upfront as they they seem to be? So this almost exact storyline actually I I saw it kind of unfold in a piece of Batman media that you never played, which Telltale? is the Batman Telltale games. Yeah, I read and, the plot line a long time ago. And but, in yeah. it, you know, Harvey Dent's running for mayor. Uh, the the mob comes to give him support, and Bruce Wayne convinces him not to take it. And suddenly, it's revealed that Thomas Wayne was not a very good person. And Batman suddenly has to prove his family's innocence and find out maybe that his parents actually weren't as great as he once thought. And like, it's, I was like, okay, wow, they're doing the telltale storyline a little bit. Uh, I liked it to be honest. I was like, damn, this is dark. Like this is a really good twist. I thought that it's the Bruce story. They kept, they kept being like, Oh, it's the biggest, like the Riddler reveals it as if it's the biggest piece of the puzzle. That's what he calls it. And yet it's kind of like a tedious connection at best compared to what everyone else has been doing behind the scenes. And I was like, Oh, it must be important because he is the son of the reporter that was killed incidentally by indirectly by Thomas. But the idea is that the, the, the Wayne fortune is funding all of the corruption. Right. Right. And it's like the biggest family in because of this mistake that he made and then got himself killed. Suddenly all of these people, or able to utilize his name to create a corrupt Gotham. Right. And what I do like about it is that while he clearly did make a mistake, he and like he did go and try to hire a criminal to scare yep. a, a journalist, he got in way over his head and did not expect what was coming. And 
felt guilty about it and tried to rectify his mistake. So his hands don't get completely cleaned, but it does make him at least not as big of a piece of shit as they made him seem. Yeah. Uh, did you notice the name of the journalist? I don't remember. It, it was Edward Elliot. Which, oh, really? Thomas. Stella and then Elliot's. immediately after Is showing that, Elliot's boyfriend or immediately after showing that, he's the riddler in the video says they tried to pay him hush money and then in all capitals with an exclamation point afterwards the word hush flashes on the screen and i was like oh my god this version of the red riddler is tommy elliott i was right because i texted jeff in individually or independently a couple weeks back and was just like is there any world where this version of the riddler is actually hush because I just saw a picture of the costume and just immediately imagined the character yeah. Hush. You want to and give us a little bit more backstory? So for the Tommy Elliot grew up. Change. Tommy Elliot grew up with Bat- with Bruce Wayne. Uh, He's an anti Bruce Wayne. Right. Super rich kid. Super rich family. Although he was his also parents, orphaned. Well, he cut the brake lines in yep. his parents' car. His parents get in a car accident and almost die, and Bruce Wayne's dad who's a surgeon uh saves them ruining tommy elliott's plans so he kills them in a different way but he never forgives thomas wayne for the mistake that he that he made uh and takes out the sin the the sins of the father will be visited upon the son that's his whole thing and so he tries to tear bruce wayne apart and he finds out that or he realizes that bruce wayne is batman so he becomes the villain hush and He's yeah, a surgeon. He, he, like, he like changes faces. I mean, there's it there's more. It doesn't make any sense. It's 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 widely considered like one of the most famous Batman storylines of all time. It kind of sucks if it's on if if you're honest, but it has some of the like really incredible art by Jim Lee, and there is like a really big mystery on it, and there is a scene where Poison Ivy takes over Superman's mind and makes Superman go after Batman, and Batman puts on kryptonite brass knuckles and beats the shit out of Superman. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know Brian's yeah, I know. by that, but just, I okay. like just it. Don't. So, I like just it. don't. Let me ask you this. So, so one of the biggest <laughs> things about Batman is his origin story, right? How did you feel about them kind of indirectly closing the loop on the Wayne murder? Cause oh, you mean the, like it giving it an explanation I mean, instead of just we a know that it's Joe Chill, right? Yeah. We know, but but even though we know the person who did it, the entire concept is that it was just a randomized crime. It's kind of the Dude, heart behind Batman. That's quick. why he stops all crime. You mentioned Batman eighty nine. It's Joker who does it. He yep. finds out that it was the Joker. So I, I, I hey, whatever the fuck. Okay. You mentioned Joe Chill. That was the name that I was trying to get to because uh, in the funeral scene of this movie, there's a guy that's like leaning over the rail and kind of bitching about. Yeah something or other the Gotham uh, elite. yeah gotham elite and the guy kind of gave me joe chill vibes from the christopher nolan batman so i was like are they about to like have him realize his parents murderers standing right there or something like what am i missing here <laughs> the guy just had like a quick moment of where i was like like he's gonna be the freaking shooter for some reason i don't know why that popped into my head i thought that guy was gonna have a more significant moment that's, that's than funny he did but yeah anyway so i mean typically you know in the batman comics the, the Wayne murder is not typically tied to any mob boss or supervillain or, you know, it was the entire point is that Batman was really the victim of crime 
itself of people who are dr- driven to desperation, not some massive plot to create the Batman or punish Bruce Wayne. It was just like random crime that even the Gotham elite and the best people in the world, the, the Waynes, the most philanthropical, least, least greedy people ever could even fall victim to this horrible tragedy. And that's what gave birth to the Batman. But for this one, I, um, I don't think it matters, right? If the idea is that crime took, took them and that Bruce Wayne had to deal with that at a young age, that's the main bit. It has to just be the impetus for his anger and his frustration. This version of it does, serves the same purpose. I think that's fine. Um, okay. I don't know. Do, did about, you have an issue with it? I did. I, I like the concept of Bruce Wayne's of the Wayne murders, not necessarily going unsolved, but being unorganized crime, just random could happen to anybody. It's not a consequence of his father's shitty actions, but literally just a random act of horrible greed. And that's why Batman's trying to change people at their core and not just trying to get revenge on the person who, you know, you know, dealt him shitty cards. Yeah. Right, because if, if Batman's entire point is to avenge his parents and the person who met his parents is uh, Falcone, well, he kills Falcone and his parents are avenged. But if his parents are murdered by, you know, the fact that this person was, you know, uh, just driven to greed by the corruption of society, well, then he has to fix society in order to really, you know, truly prevent anything like that from happening again. So I don't know. Sure. Um, how did you guys, I mean, we can break down here. We only have 10 minutes left. So there's a couple other things I'll skip around. Um, I yeah, definitely let's quickly felt... just go through like some like can we can I just grab it real quick, Jeff? Go ahead. Can I take the mic? Yep. Peng- Penguin. Colin Farrell is Penguin. Absolutely unrecognizable. How did you feel about it? Dude, I didn't even know it was him until you just said that. <laughs> Are you um, kidding? No, I definitely didn't. I like did not click We've for me. We definitely talked about this. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah I remember you podcast. saying it now. I, I, I'm not denying that. I remember you saying it now, but like, I'm just realizing like it still escaped me in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good, they good did makeup. a really good job with that that makeup. Apparently, what they did is they attached it to like different muscles on his face, so that when he moved different things, the makeup moved differently, so that it looked like actual flesh moving. And I think I only noticed the seams like maybe once or twice throughout the the movie. Um, but yeah, what? did you? What did you guys think of the performance, Brian? Uh, I thought he was great. I, I'm kind of hoping that they make him a, a bigger villain later. I mean, he was kind of implying that he was in that last scene. He was going to uh, step up. Yeah. Yeah, sure. where he so was he's like, I'm the own... big man now, or whatever. Like, and then he was like, I'll spray your blood every. Like that was. Yeah. No, I didn't pull. I didn't pull the trigger. Yeah. He's getting uh, HBO Max series, so we cool. will see more yeah, of I'm him. I'm kind of hoping uh, that he steps in and is a pretty wicked villain because I think that he he definitely mm-hmm. got uh, treated like a sub villain in this, and I think that that could lend itself to him like being motivated by like wanting respect you know not just from other villains but batman because they literally just leave his ass handcuffed out in the middle of nowhere and he's like you're not gonna untie me like yeah i could totally see him being uh, more like vicious want, and motivated because of that i want the penguin hbo max series to just be him teaching us spanish um oh Jeff. man that l and law <laughs> thing was making me laugh i am <laughs> yeah. the only one that doesn't know the difference between l and law <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought that so when he first came out, he came out about a month ago or a month and a half ago talking about on a on a talk show about his role. And he was like, don't ask me about the Batman because I'm only in the film for like five minutes. He was like, I'm I'm literally like just not in it. And I thought for sure what that meant was that they were going to do the traditional 1950s story arc where Batman is chasing a villain, the James Bond intro, right? Where Batman chases a villain, gets the guy, establishes himself as the hero, and then it jumps into the actual plot of the film. Sure, it's called a cold open. Sure. I thought they were going to do that. 
using the penguin as the legitimizer for for the hero. And that's not what they did. And I'm really glad they didn't do that. I liked what they did a lot more. Um, huge. Yeah, I like that he played like a relatively big role. That like he's sort of the crux of things. Um, good, uh, Jeff. And you liked his performance. I did. Cool. Uh, Selena Kyle, Catwoman. Um, honestly, lackluster. I thought the performance was fine, but I didn't think she added too much to the role to the to the film. Interesting, Brian. Yeah, I, th- I think she's a good actress. Like, she didn't take anything away from the film, but she was she didn't stand out to me for any reason. That's crazy to me because this is literally the first time I've seen Zoe Kravitz in anything that I was like, "Wow, I get it now. I finally understand why she get, keeps getting cast." Was in she everything. wearing like, a corset because her like proportions, like she's so like, I think she's just really thin. Like it was kind of crazy. Like I was like, it looks like she's like squeezing the middle. Like it was. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she was wearing a corset. She's definitely wearing a corset at one point when she goes to kill Falcone. Um, but yeah, I thought this is the first time that I was like, wow, she's actually doing something here. She's doing like a, a different take on Catwoman than we've seen, but it's very reminiscent of versions of Catwoman, specifically Frank Miller's Cat, uh, Catwoman from Batman Year One. Um, I did not like the weird beanie mask thing that she was wearing i feel like they could have found a better way of doing the catwoman uh mask i just i did not i thought that that was really dumb and unconvincing um as someone who wears a beanie there's one point where she takes her helmet her motorcycle helmet off and the mask is on i can't even get my i can't get anything to stay like my hair is all messed up when i take my motorcycle helmet off like that was the most unbelievable thing i've ever seen in a movie in my entire life <laughs> i was so upset with it i believe Cap- the physics of captain america's shield more than i believe that shit um uh how did you guys feel about andy circus's alfred again i'm gonna not- say i'm gonna say the same thing i, I think he was He's a good actor, didn't detract anything at all, but it didn't stand out to me either. Yep. I liked their heart-to-heart. Honestly, I felt it kind of dragged on for a little too long because they were like, I love you, I love you, I love you a lot, I love you a lot, I love you. I was just like, all right, you guys love each other. I love other. you more, you hang <laughs> up. <laughs> Seriously, it was like, they kept they kept restating the same thing, like the script there could have been trimmed down. I understand you wanted more emotion in the film, and that was an easy way to get it, but I wish that they had more because you actually don't see Andy Serkis again for the rest of that film. Now, that, now I, before we jump on that point, I had so I quick tangent for the for the listeners at home. Um, I loved the movie Skyfall when it first came out. Up until the point, and I still love that movie. But up until the point when Brian read a review that he'd read online, which revealed like put in bullet points the villain's plan um, about oh, yeah. you know, going Doesn't through all the make steps, any sense at all. and then the final step in the plan is for him to show up in a courtroom a hundred feet away and shoot at his target blindly and miss, and then he gets all upset and it's like, what the fuck? How is that the final step when you like look at this, the and for the same thing, like the Riddler is so closely coordinated, murdering people by hand. And yet his last step process of murdering Bruce Wayne was to mail him a bomb. Like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. And hope that he was going to be the one to open yes. the package, so, even though he has servants and stuff. So let me yes. ask you guys something, because I wasn't very clear about uh, – maybe I'm jumping away from what we were talking about. But the – one-on-one between Riddler and Batman. Does he know his identity or was it revealed there at the no, end that he did not know his identity? it was a great twist. He did not yeah, know. Yeah, but was, I hated the way said, they did it, He started referring to Batman or to Bruce yes. Wayne as he and him. And I was like, whoa, so he doesn't know even though the whole conversation and they were leading you to believe that – because he kept saying, yep. Bruce. Yeah, seriously. And like, it's so, so that annoying. Was, that was a twist that he didn't know. I mean, but, the guy's yeah. clearly socially inept. But that's why I see Batman go from being like, fuck, he's going to blow my cover to like aggressive. Like he suddenly realized that he was still 
just Batman not getting exposed, right? Like there's yeah. just I'm just thinking of the direct direction in that in that scene, and it just doesn't make any sense for him to be sitting there as Batman shows up and him going Bruce, Bruce, and I was just like, what the fuck? Like it'd be one thing if he was like Bruce Wayne, and then Batman's like, oh shit, then he's like, I need you to go kill him. We fucked up, <laughs> and it's like, oh okay, <laughs> you can still get him <laughs> exactly, <laughs> right? What do like, you think about that? Bruce? Would be a better way of doing that than him sitting there chanting Bruce with a tiny dick. <laughs> Batman just breaks through the glass. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> what'd you say about Bruce? <laughs> so I don't know. Um, um, yeah, I didn't necessarily like that, but I did. I was like, oh fuck, it is knows. a good twist. And then at the and then all of a sudden at the end of the conversation it's like oh shit I remember leaving that scene and being like wait so he doesn't know right. like oh shit I I really thought he did yep um cool what about the uh, Batmobile and the car chase scene any thoughts on that it looks fun I mean I did not so Edgar Wright who is the director of a lot of movies including Baby Driver which has a lot of really good car chase scenes in it. Mm-hmm went on Twitter after seeing the movie and saying this car chase is going to go down in history is one of the most iconic in, in history. Disagree. I feel like you could barely follow what was happening because 90% of, of the cuts. car chase, no 90% of the car chase is taken from inside the windshield facing penguin. And you can see the Batmobile out of the rear view or out of the, the, the rear window of his car. Like you're not seeing the chase happen. You're just seeing penguin reacting to seeing the car behind him. That being said, I'm obsessed with this Batmobile design. I hope they never change it. I think it's absolutely perfect and awesome. I think it's very different than any of the Batmobiles we've seen, but I cannot stop looking at pictures right. of that customized Mustang with the Barracuda rear end. What? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because this matters, and I feel like the further we go here, the further I get away from where I should have talked about this. But um, – I understand that in the Chris Nolan movies, we got the Batman origin all the way through to the end. We kind of got the full cycle Batman uh-huh. in those movies. Is that fair to say? Because yep. yep. we get to see how Batman's created, why, and then all the way through to basically his retirement and then coming out of retirement, all that stuff. In this one, I fully am aware that Batman is already established in year two. However... I feel like they still have to give us an explanation of how he has everything that he has. And just being rich is not good enough. Like, because like, and let me ask you, well, what does he have in this one that he, that this, he couldn't the crazy alien challenger car, the, the technology that he uses, the, the contacts that can record everything he's seen. Okay. And, the contacts is definitely the, but like, I mean, he's just rich, whatever he figured it out. Right. He bought the technology. Maybe it's from Japan. Maybe Wayne enterprises bought like a company. I think Brian's point is, I think Brian's point is fuck your maybes. Give us the proof. Just, just give me a I one sentence need, blurb I don't think about they how need a, This is a three-hour movie. You think they needed another 20 minutes explaining how he got no. those contacts? No, because <laughs> they, they, they do it a really good job with the physical combat explanation. They just explained that Alfred was yep. a badass military guy who taught him how to fight after his parents died. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... Cool. That's perfect. That's all I needed to know. I don't. I don't yeah, need a but, whole Razagul you know shadow. I actually of thought that was annoying whatever. because in the comics, Batman in his in his college years, he dropped out of college and went and traveled the world and learned from Henry Ducard and like all these master thieves and all these master assassins, and that's how he got his abilities and how he became the apex predator that he is. Alfred teaching him how to fight isn't explaining how Batman knows how to use the grappling hooks like that and like. You know, he shoots the two, seeing which we got to get to that final fight scene. Yeah. But, you know, he shoots the 
the grappling hooks into two guys and then does a backflip over a banister, pulls them and uses their leverage to swing back and tackle Let's, a dude in you, the but, air. But you also awesome. see him fuck up some of his stuff too because oh, yeah. he uses the, wing, the bat suit thing. And then he fucks up into the bridge, remember? Oh, my God. That was I don't so know if that great. was intentionally funny, but, like, oh my holy God. shit, did that make me laugh. That was yeah. so – that got me It felt, it but, felt like I, straight out of Into the Spider-Verse where it was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Um, I, I just thought that that lended itself to – he's kind of figuring it out as he goes. He's yep. just crazy as fuck. You know yep. what I mean? Anyone else not like the, the wings – does the, his cape zipped into a wingsuit? Yeah, Anna hated it. She started laughing right when it happened. I she hated like, that, that like shit. shit. It yeah. looked dumb. And like, it's Batman. We all just accept that he can fly with his cape. You know what I mean? Just, you don't need to explain that part, you know? Or I guess if you're Brian, you do. But um, anyone else is okay with that. So, so there's there's two scenes that I want to talk about here. Go ahead. Batman punching Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, that that made me laugh too because I, I like well, love that shit. The reveal at the end where he's like, like you could have at least pulled your punch. He's yeah. like, I did pull my punch. <laughs> just just him punching Commissioner Gordon and then fucking running through the precinct, trying yeah. to get like straight up knowing that he's gonna get absolutely massacred if he slows down by even a half a second. Like that scramble yeah. was, and that's what I'm talking about. Like this film was so much fun. Where it was like, oh shit, oh definitely tense. Go. And well, and like the any time that Batman is in the room with the police officers is so tense because it's very clear that the police officers fucking hate him and yep. think that he's a mockery of their their role in the city. Yep. But they're also like terrified of him because he's a man in a suit of armor dressed as a bat, you know what I mean? Who, who's just like in the room and they're yep. like, well, I don't know if I yep. like pull a gun on him. Is he going to like fucking stab me in the neck or something? Like what right. is this crazy dude going to do? Speaking of which quickly, I did love that at the beginning of the movie, in the opening scene, we see that after he beats up all the bad guys, the guy that he saved is scared that he's gonna that he's next. He's like, mm-hmm. please don't hurt me, please don't hurt me. I like that the citizens of Gotham also don't know. Like, is this just a lunatic who's running around beating people up? Right. Or like who is this guy? And even at the end, when he's saving those people from the flooding stadium. Like, and he sticks out his hand to the mayor to try to lead her out. She's like, fuck no, I'm not (laughs) going to help you, man. I don't know what's up with you. You know, are you going to take me to your lair or your cave or whatever? So, Um, but yeah, I do agree, Brian. Like there are things I think that like the, the motorcycle and the the car, it it shows the engine completely deconstructed and pulled from the, the vehicle in the movie throughout the points in the movie. And you can see it in various states of being put back together throughout the movie. So it's clear that he built that by hand himself. I, as someone who learned how to work on engines by just watching YouTube videos, he could have found that out conceivably the contacts a little bit harder, harder to explain the battle armor. That's bulletproof a little bit harder to explain. Yeah. I mean that, that, Things that like armor is putting in motherfucking overtime in this film. The dude took oh, so many bullets, sure. but oh, point, he takes blank, shot bullets. point blank, bro. Yeah. yeah. He takes a blast, a straight up bomb. To the face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. many bombs going off in people's faces that which, they inexplicably walk away from. Which, you know what? <laughs> don't know about that. Yeah, which, you know what? I I will not forgive you if you don't give this movie a hard time for that after the James Bond bullshit with the grenades. Yeah, I was like, dude, well, and the fact that he shows up fully masked and no one's no one's like, hey, let's take off his mask and see if he's still alive. It's like, now nah, let's just wait for him to wake up. I, I will Anyone say, get the time? Well, Johnson, you I'm got okay the time? We're just going to wait for this motherfucker to wake cool up. I will say cool movie detail. His mask, did you notice the seams on it? 
Yeah, it's clearly he did it himself for sure. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of. Cool. I, I want to talk about. I will to. say real quick. I will say. Hey, did you notice the position of his ears? Really far back on his head. Really far back on his head. Similar I, to I, I had this thought where I was like, "Is that like all the other ones?" And I looked up Christian Bale's. It's like a thicker ear, but it's still pretty far back. And then, uh, uh, Batflex is, Bat is like a little chody, like it's little the Frank Miller one. ears. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting because they seemed really far back on his head. No, I noticed that too. I think that this is just this is like this is Batman cost Batsuit V one. You know what I mean? You know, like we have like all the different Mark. 27s of uh of iron man you know what i mean i think throughout the trilogy we'll see different iterations of the well, batsuit I mean, if, as it I think evolves it's, i think it's uh if you look up arkham origins batman suit brian it, it reminded me a lot of a, a love of that kind of suit where it's all the way in the back <laughs> that one's got like the rabbit ears those are really long in arkham origins yeah yeah um even like okay. arkham city you said you had, an, you had the most scene? the most iconic scene in this film for me was the hallway fight scene what that was only lit by the gunfire yeah i was like dude this is fucking vader fight scene 2.0 this shit is fucking insane uh yeah but you don't really get a lot of glimpses of what's happening i didn't need it i i got everything that i needed from that moment that was so sick seeing batman just work in the dark disassembling people taking shots like just i had so much fun watching that moment it was good. Um, for me, my favorite scene was I was kind of at the end. I was kind of worried that we weren't going to get like an actual fight scene and see how this Batman performs in like an actual fight, like w actually be able to see it. And we got it where he takes out a bunch of school shooters on top of a building or whatever. Um, and Batman is like jumping over railings and using d the environmental stuff to kind of create smoke bombs. Yep. He injects Straight himself with Arkham what things. appears to be venom. Um, he does like a cartwheel and kicks a dude in the face. He de and he's saving everybody as he's doing it. Like he's not killing everybody. He's like, like wrapping them up, which I thought was really cool. Um, a really good use of uh, Batman skills. I, um, I was very happy with it because I was worried that they were going to move away from how acrobatic Batman was in the Snyder version, Snyder version of the uh, character, which I really liked. And this version of Batman did have those abilities, not quite as refined, but still really good. Anyone else have any thoughts on that fight scene? Um, yeah. So that final fight scene was good. There was a couple of just kind of bogus moments as a point where he like just recklessly tackles the dude off the ledge who's, and he's wearing like a safety harness and the safety harness catches and they swing and Batman like lets go and is thrown perfectly into the next two assaultants where he turns around and starts whooping ass again. And I was, I was just like, into it. You didn't fucking plan that shit. What the fuck? Whatever. Whatever, Jeff. You, uh, can't just, you can't love the Marvel movies with their crazy yes, physics I can. and then be upset about Batman's crazy physics. I'm sorry. Like I'm just saying that uh, Matt Reeves does not hold a candle to um, – the the executive producer that that handles all of the uh, Kevin, Kevin Feige. Feige Kevin Feige I very that's all I'm saying very different roles uh, Brian did you have any thoughts on it or any final scenes you wanted to touch on no no I thought the the final fight scene was super fun I didn't have any knocks on it at all I thought like I said I, I like that he takes hits and he was super uh, uh, unrefined yeah uh, and and yeah. Uh, I thought that made it more enjoyable I I was watching very closely for any christopher nolan level you know combat scenes where it's very clear that like guys are pulling punches or sure or, 
not there's, being aggressive gotta, when, they, when I, they normally would be. But I got a couple more thoughts here. I'll just kind of fly through them. But yeah, let's just run through final thoughts yep. and get out of here. I, I thought it was very strange that Batman is depicted constantly throughout the film with having just the heaviest fucking footfall ever. And yet at like three different points in the film, he disappears. For sure. I think he's doing that on purpose to scare people, maybe. I don't know. It's, it's just wild. But it's I like, agree. Like, people are like, hey, Batman. And it's like he's gone. And it's like, what? Dude, you, you're depicted the entire time sounding like you're wearing 100 pounds of armor, which you yeah, are. For sure. Like, how the, would you, like, unlace your boots and sneak out of there in your socks? Like, what the fuck? Um, I well, I also understand. like that, like in the scene where he sneaks back into the iceberg lounge, he's just wearing a backpack. So it's like, so that whole bat suit fits in that backpack. Well, I think that, he was wearing like a lot. I think he was wearing the bat suit. He was wearing like a trench coat. He's just wearing like a jacket, like a bomber jacket and some from what appeared to be jeans. But anyway, uh, there's a point. There's a point where there's like electrical that's about to fly out, fall into the water. And Batman's plan is to jump onto the electrical before cutting it. And I was like, hold on, you're going to add weight to the falling thing but like is that really a plan <laughs> that's a bad plan terrible yeah, plan smart. Uh, smart. but it was super nice i agree with you i like your sentiments it was nice to see batman save people for once like his whole moment of like leading them with the flare also very iconic dc has yeah. some some really good iconography in there um in their visuals very much liked that he lights the flare and is like and like that, that that final moment where he's like Throughout this movie, the through line is that he says at the beginning, I'm vengeance. And then I wish they had just shown it. But uh, what yeah. you have to insinuate is that the video goes viral, right? Because people keep saying it to him. They're like, oh, hey, vengeance and stuff like that, right? Um, and then they kind of the make fun of him. say that he's vengeance. I didn't know if he was Because he thinks he... that he's working with yes. Batman. They then... think They also think that they're working with Batman. And then... Like he's saying, I'm with you. And he's realizing that he can't just be vengeance. He has to inspire hope because by being an angry person, he's giving other angry uh, people an outlet see, to do bad. That didn't click for me because I guess the messaging I got there was that like it, Batman was kind of getting a look in the mirror moment of like, you know, this is what my my um, anger over what's happened to me can lead me to. Like, is this this spiteful like destructive personality whereas i can be something different and like so the whole time he's saying i'm vengeance i'm vengeance thinking that he's like basically using it as a synonym synonym for justice when it's not right Right. he's he's more speaking the, the real truth which is he's just fucking angry and finding an outlet for it initially, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, it turns into more because he sees these guys that are also seeing what they're doing as an act of vengeance yeah. and going, Oh, I don't want to be like them. I want to be something better. For, for sure. For me, I think that that's the same interpretation that I had. For, for me, the ending but was more articulated, right? For yeah. me, the ending rang <laughs> a little bit. So Brian, there's a comic book, famous comic book called dark Knight returns in which Batman's been retired for 20 years. Gangs have retaken Gotham and he gets re-inspired to go out and fight. He gets a young female Robin, Anyway, the end of volume two is him taking all of those disgruntled youths and creating an army of Batmen. And they all wear, like, they basically create a Batman gang that goes out and, like, fights for territory for the rest of them and, and does things in the name of Batman. Um, and I felt like this was kind of an homage to that, but it was, like, flipped on its head in the sense that these people created their own Batman gang and uh, were yeah. inspired, inspired by Batman, but in the wrong direction. Exactly. And, well, what he even says in the voiceover at the end, where he's like, I was having an effect on the city, but it's not the effect I intended, which yep. is basically like every, I gave young, angry men like a, someone to to look up to in the wrong direction. They yep. took it in the wrong way. And that's not what I meant. 
you know, and I, I kind of was like, yeah, I mean, I could see people doing that, you know, and that's kind of that idea of, like I was saying, like, Bat, who, who, you know, did Batman create the villains that he has to fight, right? Yep. Um, cool. You said you, did you have any other notes, Jeff? I liked that the story was exactly one week long. Um, mm-hmm. I, I thought that was a cool kind of nice thing. Um, yeah, I like that the, the Riddler actually did outsmart the Batman. The Batman didn't solve everything and that, you know, a lot of it was him, you know, making up the mistakes. Uh, There's a moment where Catwoman saved Batman that I thought was totally fucking predictable. Um, yeah, he was like whatever. Sitting, you can't just remove took, her from all, all agency it just, or whatever. It just took like 15, 20 seconds too long. Where it was like the dude loading the gun and then it was him cocking the gun. And I was just like, yeah, we know Catwoman's going to save him. Like, I would have loved for that dude to fucking shoot Batman <laughs> and then Catwoman show up late. And be like, oh yeah, it's because it's like, I don't know. But it just took too long for my, in my opinion. Um, sure. I liked that that Riddler was like a per product of the corrupt Gotham, and and uh, uh, I thought for sure when he when he started talking about um, Bruce Wayne and Batman working together, or Batman and him working together, he was trying to frame the Batman, but that turned mm-hmm. out to not be the case. He just turned out to be insane. But yeah, yeah. Um, overall, I thought it was a great film, and I can't wait to watch it again. My my. Uh, company is renting out a theater uh next monday and i'm gonna go see it again damn that's cool um cool brian any final thoughts uh good movie go see it cool yeah i uh i'm sure i have more thoughts but i'll i'll echo those throughout the throughout the uh the rest of my life and uh you guys will hear more about them as they come to me um my main takeaway from this is that i don't want a fucking riddler movie matt reeves or not a riddler joker movie matt reeves please don't give me a joker movie give me the court of fucking owls give me talon give me something else just give me something else please i think the decision's been made no (laughs) jeff any final thoughts no, uh, I, already gave my, final I already gave my final thoughts. I'll give my final, final thoughts. Tyler, uh, any final thoughts? Yeah. Um, my final thought is that let's do a really quick abridged version of what we've been reading, watching, and listening to. Brian, um, why don't you start? Abridged. Uh, only thing I'm going to say is plug for uh, the, the Batman CD, uh, C, CW quality show, The 100. We are watching it again, trying oh, to get all the way through. I, the only the furthest ever made is like season four, and we always peter out. But yo, I made it to season six of that show, I think, or season five or season, something like that. Season one and two are fire, bro. Like they're fun. They're pretty they're, strong. They're fun and entertaining. I think some of the character development's crazy. Like Finn totally regresses over the course of the show, and I love it. Like he's like this great do no wrong character that the Clark's like love interest and then like as like it goes on and he starts to realize like the dark hearts of humans like he just starts to snap and it's it's riveting television so we're on season two now and and just chugging along man 100 go watch yeah, it it got Netflix. a lot of seasons for sure yeah they, they like more than i was expecting yeah. yeah and they tend to go off the rails or they go off the rails at some point i know that it's but. cw i can't believe that you would call shadow and bone that show that i said like too soap opera y and then be like go watch the hundred which is <laughs> way worse me. and lower budget no quality when i see it <laughs> okay uh is that the main thing that you've been watching that's all i got all right jeff uh i got a couple things as always um yep. number one plug number one ah. i've been talking about this game for months it's finally out elden ring the newest miyazaki game Short i can't version. I can't put it down. Uh, it's definitely the largest game I've ever played as far as just volume of shit to do. And unfortunately, just like Miyazaki, it's 
fucking aimless, so I'm, I've been playing for like 13 hours. I'm level like 78 in that game, and I still can't find the next fucking boss, but it's fine. Um, love it. Uh, if you like any of the Soulsborne games, pick it up. Uh, a lot of good uh, community playing right now. Um, I watched the Netflix added a TV show called Vikings Valhalla, which is kind of a spiritual successor, or I guess a direct successor to their uh, Viking sh- show. Um, that show kind of dragged on. I watched the first like four seasons of Vikings and it just like really deteriorated after like season two or three um, and just continued to get worse. And this one's kind of just like a, re- a recreate. It basically it picks up over a hundred years later with Leif Erikson showing up at the shores of, um, of Kattegat and it's his like uh, journey of. From what I've heard is they've taken a lot like that show was never like very historically accurate. They nope. took inspiration from history, but you know it wasn't I mean, that that close that to history, the historical sagas. So much of that history has been erased by Christian sure, Christianity. So. Sure, of course, but the the Viking sagas do still exist in some form of, or another. Um, this version of Leif Erikson, there's a lot of history about Leif Erikson that does exist, and we still have because he existed in a relatively modern period where people were actually. Uh, writing things down on paper. I and mean, shit. he's only a hundred years after Ragnar. That's only in this version of the show. No, uh, like, also, they're only like Leif Erikson. It's very different from like the character's history. Okay, sure. Anyway, go ahead. Keep going. Uh, good show. Just as good as Vikings. If you like Vikings, the the early seasons and kind of that show at their peak, then I would recommend watching that. I caught up with Peacemaker, um, and and finished that show as well. Um, I think we missed our chance to capitalize on the SEO of talking about it, unfortunately. That's fine. It's an okay show. Not my favorite. Um, John Cena is a decent actor and uh, is entertaining. But um, go watch it if you like that kind of stuff. And finally, my last, my last one that I have to talk about is a TV show that got added to Netflix called The Guardians of Justice. Holy shit. I watched the first episode of this and almost shot myself. It's, I hated it. I, so I watched it all. And it gets so much worse. This this show is just absolute fucking dog shit, dude. So it basically, this is so bad. It's, I seriously was like, like I was mad at myself for pressing play on it. Um, so I don't know if you know about the producer Adi Shankar. He, he likes produces satire. a lot of yeah. fan films and that are like satire of existing properties. He has like a really dark um, Punisher one starring Thomas Jane, who actually played the Punisher. He has a really dark one with James Vanderbeek, where it's like the Power Rangers, but it's like in the future and shit um he's into like that weird low budget version of myth making and you know kind of picking apart um you know our modern mythologies and this show is that but it's fucking trash it's it so was bad so bad i hated it the only thing that kept me going was denise you know, richards <laughs> so so brian the premise of this show is what if superman committed suicide on live television you know would the world believe that it was a suicide what would what i like what would that what would happen to the world the people the countries that are protected by superman you know would the world immediately fall back into world war and like all this stuff um and i thought it was a riveting premise like obviously the, the batman character is going through the problem is that season at, by by the end of episode six they reveal that the um i'm going to just spoil this spoilers for anyone who watches the show that it was actually super the suicide and that uh batman is actually a megalomaniac power hungry dictator that is trying to take over the world um, so it like completely 180s itself. It's like the first six episodes are like this crime detective and suddenly it's like, nope, Batman's the main villain. And it's like, what the fuck is this shit? 
it takes such a hard fucking I don't know. Never watch this show. Oh, okay. It's awful. Yeah, I'm upset uh, that you even brought it up. If I'm and um, yeah. So the last thing I'll say is I did just start watching. Um, Hulu just released a new TV show that is the story of Theranos, which is one of the greatest scandals mm-hmm. in uh, startup history. And yeah, I'm you guys watched watch the documentary about that. I have all not. the documentaries about it. Oh. And the, there's some really good ones. It's relevant too because the uh, the woman who perpetrated it all is getting arraigned and sentenced like this month or something. Yeah, she's been in court all week, or, or I mean all all year. But um, yeah, very interesting. Um, I'm just gonna quickly say I watched um the gaming of Wall Street, the the GameStop documentary, um like from the GameStop short squeeze yeah. that just happened in 2020. Um, first episode is kind of insufferable because it's like all about how these fucking dumbasses short squeezed, uh, like wall street. The second episode is extremely interesting for anyone interested in finance. Um, it kind of actually like outlines how hedge funds, uh, fuck everyone over and, um, have been lying and how they skirt around regulations all the time because it's really hard to track them because they have all the money and they're, you know, all the smartest people in finance work for the hedge funds. So it's on an HBO max. Um, yeah. So the first, you need to watch both of them because the first one sets up the second one, but the first one is like, it's pretty, you know, it's a lot of talking headed interviews with a bunch of finance bros who, are really fucking douchey and think they're like the coolest guy ever. Just being like, yeah, I've always, I'm like an underdog supporter. Fuck, fuck the big, you know, banks and fuck all these people. It's a lot of cussing. There's a voiceover from Kieran Culkin, um, where he's, he, they, like the, the written voiceover cusses and calls people motherfuckers and stuff that, that was kind of annoying. I kind of hated that. But as far as an information gathering thing for people, like, you know, I, Brian and I work in finance, um, and we, we clearly have an interest in it. Um, so it was just an interesting, uh, storyline. I was very interested in all of that. And it was interesting to see how much had gotten buried that we weren't privy to as just like the general consumers, um yeah very interesting uh documentary also there's like one of the characters or one of the people they interview is just like a homeless guy <laughs> who who had a laptop like he was homeless but he had a job it, it's just a, he, his storyline it's called a working homeless yeah yeah so he yeah he liked to call himself uh upper upper homeless or something like that he's like i'm like in the upper class of homeless because <laughs> he had a car and lived in his car in a parking lot or whatever and like part of his story is that he found out about the gamestop short squeeze when it was at its highest and bought in and then that's when robin hood shut off the buy button on gamestop and basically devalued the stock so he just he had nothing bought in thinking that he was gonna make some money and then they just <laughs> fucked him even harder <laughs> i shouldn't be laughing but holy shit it made That's me laugh I was like, yeah i was like god damn this guy's a fucking idiot like <laughs> who would do that cool. i'll watch it That's good. um sorry for making fun of him he seems to be doing way better that character i did feel bad for him but it was just also like Come on, dude. Like, don't do like uh, that's your fault for yeah. being a dumbass. It's, it's a bad luck, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, what did you just say? A bad luck, Brian? Like Let's a- not get into it. Anyway. Uh, uh, okay. Um all right. Yeah, I knew that was coming. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> um, well, thanks for listening. Did you guys uh, have different thoughts on the Batman movie? Uh, do you want Matt Reeves to do a Joker movie, or do you hope that they just don't don't follow up on that tease? Um, reach out to us. Uh, best way to do that: find Jeff at his place of work, r- slip him a little note, whisper in his ear, lick his cheek, any of those uh, ways of doing things. Um, otherwise you can email us at cleverkidspodcast at gmail.com or at cleverkidspod on Instagram. Let us know what you think. Thanks for listening. And, uh, we'll be next. We'll blah, be back next week to talk about something, uh, or someone or maybe some you. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Guys. Bye.